Open the eyes of our hearts, Lord, that we may see the wonders of your word. Amen. Today we are in 2 Chronicles chapter 8, where we see Ezra the chronicler writing the achievements of Solomon. This chapter 8, even though it seems to talk about Solomon's achievements, it seems to be here and there and doesn't have one cohesive underlying thought behind it at first glance. But then, reading between the lines, we can understand what Ezra is trying to say here. The first clue that Ezra gives is in verse 16. Now all the work of Solomon was well ordered from the day of the foundation of the house of the Lord until it was finished. So what does it indirectly say? It indirectly tells us the work of Solomon the king was not well ordered that is according to the word of the Lord after the construction of the temple that is Solomon began to falter in his steps slowly. Reading verse 1 he spent almost 24 years building the house of the Lord and his own house. That seems to be the biggest highlight of his career. as a king but Ezra the chronicler is pointing us to the fact that starting from Solomon onwards the kings started faltering in the eyes of the lord Ezra wanted to point out to the exiles how the degradation of the kings started slowly see even in our spiritual lives the degradation doesn't happen all of a sudden it happens slowly when we stumble over small minor issues and then later on it goes to a stage where there seems to be no point of return that's what happened with the kings of israel the entire 10 tribes were lost forever and these exiles were of the remaining two tribes of the kingdom of juda and ezra was pointing it out to them so in this chapter and going forward in all the lives of the other kings that ezra would point out we can see three different things that ezra wants to convey through these events in history of israel the first one is israel wanted a king not realizing god was their true king In 1 Samuel chapter 1 verses 6 and 7 we read but when they said give us a king to lead us this displeased Samuel so he prayed to the Lord and the Lord told him listen to all that the people are saying to you it is not you they have rejected but they have rejected me as their king we read in Deuteronomy chapter 17 verse 14 When you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you and have taken possession of it and settled in it and you say let us set a king over us like all the nations around us the Lord's fear was that Israel would want to imitate the nations around them rather than walk in the ways of the Lord and that is exactly what had happened in 1 Samuel chapter 8 The Israelites told the prophet Samuel, "Behold, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint us for a king to judge us like all the nations." As we read in 1 Samuel chapter 8 verse 5. In verses 19 and 20 we read, "No, but there shall be a king over us that we also may be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles." Deuteronomy 17:14 said Israel would have a king like all the nations surrounding Israel had a king. However, it did not say Israel was to have a king in order to become like the nations. 
Indeed God had told Abraham in Genesis chapter 17 verse 6 I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make you into nations and kings shall come from you God also told Jacob in Genesis 35 verse 11 I am God almighty be fruitful and multiply a nation and a company of nations shall come from you and kings shall come from your own body so it was indeed god's plan for kings to come but then it was to be yahweh sending the king of kings the lord jesus christ but then israel was impatient they wanted a king to be like the other nations they wanted a king who could judge them and lead them on to the battle israel wanted a king to judge them despite the fact that yahweh was their judge and israel wanted a king to fight their battles despite the fact that yahweh fought their battles for them we read in joshua chapter 10 verse 42 and joshua captured all these kings and their land at one time because yahweh god of israel fought for israel we can see the same thing over and over in scriptures exodus 14 14 deuteronomy 1 30 322 24 joshua 10 42 23 3 and nehemiah 420 but israel had sinful motives in demanding a king they wanted to be like the other nations surrounding them instead of being the holy nation that yahweh had made them as listed in exodus chapter 19 verse 6 they were to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation that is a nation set apart for god today in the new testament age too the same principle applies for each and every believer He wants us to be priests and a holy nation. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9, "But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out." You see, he has called you out of the other nations of the earth. He has called you out from them. Today's Christian believers need to understand this. We are not to imitate them. We are to stand out. Even our worship needs to stand out. We should not be imitating those of the religions or the nations surrounding us. But now many leaders even justify their ways of worship by saying, "Oh, we just want to attract the people. We just want it to be just like their secular songs. We want it to be just like the music that the youth enjoy, like rap, etc." But the Bible says that we are a chosen people, God's own possession who have been called out. The second thing that we understand from reading this chapter, 2 Chronicles 8, is that the king was concerned not about the law of the Lord, but only about his own welfare. Notice how this chapter lists all the achievements of Solomon, but it doesn't list the one crucial achievement that was needed. And what is that achievement? God gave special instructions for the king in Deuteronomy chapter 17. The king was to write out a copy of the law and read it all his days so that he may fear Yahweh and keep his commandments and thus continue long in his kingdom. David literally wanted to keep the word of God in his heart. He said in Psalm 119 verse 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. 
Solomon did well to build the storage cities and all the chariot cities and all the cavalry cities and all the military outposts to safeguard Israel from her enemies but one thing he forgot was to write the word of the Lord and keep it and walk by it all the days of his life if only he had done it he wouldn't have fallen in his later years Solomon also raised slaves who worked for him he also raised people who served him and he also had control over the trading routes and did business with various countries going as far as india to get gold etc so we see solomon had increased his military wealth his financial wealth and his people wealth but then what he failed to increase was the wealth of the lord god the word of god this was a small stumble but then later on when other kings started coming in after solomon one by one they strayed away farther and farther away from the lord except a few who were honorable and worthy in the eyes of the lord god had already warned the israelites in first samuel chapter 8 in verses 11 13 14 and 16 we read one word there repeated four times it is take the king would take their things their sons and daughters their produce their servants and their flock and instead of serving the lord israel would be serving the king and that is exactly what happened the third thing that ezra does indirectly through this chapter is herald the true king who was to come the messiah jesus christ you see ezra was the second of the three leaders who left babylon and came back to jerusalem for the reconstruction of jerusalem after the exile zerubbabel reconstructed the temple nehemiah rebuilt the walls of jerusalem and ezra restored the worship of the true god Ezra was a scribe and a priest he was sent by the Persian king Artaxerxes back from Babylon to Jerusalem Ezra wanted the people who came back from exile to know how important and essential the word of God was in their lives he told the people that nothing must supersede worship of God and obedience to the Lord is not optional He was telling the exiles that yesterday's sorrows can be today's successes if the hand of the Lord is upon us. Ezra's goal was worthy in the eyes of the Lord and he effectively used the returning Israelites sorrow for the success of rebuilding God's city and restoring worship of the true God. Ezra lived at the very end of the line of prophets. The last three prophets Agai Zechariah and Malachi as you can see in the attached picture after which there was a 400 period of silence when the Lord God did not raise up any prophets for him and finally sent Jesus Christ these three prophets were pointing out to the future king who would be coming out the messiah and Ezra wanted the people to be prepared to meet the future king So these three things are important in our lives too. Are we realizing that God is our true king in our lives? Are we acting as if the Lord is the king of our lives or as if we are the kings of our own lives? Secondly, are we concerned about the law of the Lord, God's word, or are we only concerned about our own welfare? Thirdly, are we heralding the true king who has come, the Lord Jesus Christ? 
to the nations around us or are we covering up the light that is shining inside us and hiding it in a clay jar or putting it under a bed as we read in Luke chapter 8 verse 16 let's ponder may god bless these words amen